about it. Right. Good stuff. So uh, welcome to, this is my episode three of the Bring It Coaching podcast. And uh, it's been a good run so far. I had some uh, special guests on the last two. And for this episode, we're going to be covering, um, in particular, uh, squatting is something I'm going to be covering in this one. And none other, we've got uh, his, the main man himself, Aaron Hopkins, in the building, joining me for this uh, episode three podcast. Who is? Uh, Hi, Aaron. How you doing? You good, Aaron? Yeah, sweet man. Can't complain. Thanks for having me. Good stuff, man. Well, from what I know of you, you're a, um, a power uh, powerlifter. Is that correct? And um, you mm. also compete, you know, in the UK. Anywhere else besides the UK? They're just literally just within the UK for now. Uh, yeah, just in the UK at the moment, man. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, good I stuff. Wish it was <laughs> Say again, sorry. I wish it was elsewhere. Elsewhere, going on. Well, you're gonna. I hope, if, hope that's one of your goals, and then we, that's something that we can discuss later on and talk about that. But yeah, Aaron, you're a powerlifter. You're also a uh, personal trainer, coach. Own your own studio as well. I'm aware. Yeah, and um, I thought I'd get you on this episode today to. Talk more about your experience in training. Um, you know, we'll talk more in depth about powerlifting itself and the sport. Um, but more in particular, I do want to cover the sort of exercise that's been stable for me that's helped me in my own training is the uh, the squat. So hopefully we can talk more about that as well. And that will hopefully give our audience and some of my members and hopefully your community a bit more of an insight into performing a squat and improving in that area. So, um, yeah, man, just tell me more about yourself. I mean, let's go. Let's um, let's start with a fun fact, actually. Give me one fun fact. I don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm going to do it. One fun fact uh, about yourself, man. Uh, I love uh, skateboarding. I took it up recently. Well, I, I've been skate. I've had a skateboard for most of my life um, just to ride around on, but I actually started doing a bit more like riding parks in the last year. So Nice. Nice. Ride a skateboard, man. Wicked, wicked. Because that's something that I'd, uh, I mean, in my experience, skateboarding, awful. Tried to get on one, couldn't do it. And then that was it for me, man. But uh, yeah, skateboard is one of those things where you, you sort of, well, in my experience and what I've seen is more like the teenagers going through that. So what made you do that? What made you pick that up? Uh, so I've always had like a cruiser skateboard, just like riding around on. I just enjoyed it. Okay. Um, and then one of the guys I know from the gym was like, oh, do you want to come to this class, like a skateboarding class for over 30s? It's actually called the Silver Surfers. Um, Tic Tac Skate School, actually, if you, you can look them up, they're really good. Um, and yeah, the first class, I was like, oh man, I see what it's all about. I probably won't carry on. And then that first class, man, I was just hooked. I was like, yeah, this is it. Nice, nice. So you took on one of your old school, relived your passion, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, when I was a kid, I used to like rollerblade because I thought like, that was a cooler thing to do, but clearly it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. So yeah, let, let's just, now that you just mentioned that, let's go back to the childhood. Like, what was your, uh, what was your experience like growing up when you was in your teens or even younger, just around? Was it, was you heavily involved in keeping active in sport? I played rugby uh, since I was nine. Okay. Um, so I played like semi-professional rugby till I was like 26. Um did a bit of judo in between that. So I did have a brown belt in judo. I can't remember when I got that. Maybe I was like 20 or something. Um, but yeah, I've always been active, like run marathons. And nice. before powerlifting, I did some ultra marathons. And wow. um, I did 40 miles in one day once. That was quite fun. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like mainly like just, just I guess, something like goals and targets. I just kind of, um, I like to go to like the extremes of things. Like, see, actually, uh, how far can I push this? Or, like, I was never going to be a good runner, but I thought, you know what, let's just try um, and have a little go. And it was quite fun. Uh, I wouldn't do it again, but it was fun. <laughs> so you actually, yeah, so it sounds like you've got quite a bit of uh, different sort of um, sports under your sort of, under <laughs> your wing. So, okay, you talk about drive there. What, what at earliest age can you remember that you had that sort of attitude to, try things and just give it your all and go to that extreme? Uh, oh, God, no. I reckon... I don't, I, I don't really remember it that much, but I always remember at school, I used... Um, uh, sorry. I always remember, like, my mum saying, like, there's this one kid at school, we used to just race each other every day. 
or like 100 meters or like all like my most sports days and stuff like that. And I was in like primary school. Yeah. So, like I, I, he was rapid, but like I guess it's just that. And I don't know. Did you have like older siblings that you'd compete against or younger ones or? Yeah, my brother was never really into sports and stuff. So I don't know if I was competing against him. Okay. But I don't know. Mainly from like your peers sure. around school. Yeah, maybe. I guess it's just peers and stuff like. I don't, I'm, I'm very competitive. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> no, fair enough. But obviously, you aren't, you wouldn't be where you are possibly today if you weren't, if you didn't really have that edge. What do you think it takes to have that? You know, what, what would you say is like prim- primarily made up of having that competitive edge? Consistency, uh, not being a snowflake. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that in today's world. <laughs> Um, sure you know you see a lot of kids these days they're like they've got so much talent but they're just too soft uh-huh. like you know I, when I was even when I was a kid like we'd like we'd still be training in the snow the ground's rock solid we're still tackling each other yeah. but now it's almost like oh you're not allowed to tackle each other anymore you're not allowed to do this anymore uh, you know everyone's a winner and I think that's the trouble when everyone starts to be a winner you get into the real world and realise actually not everyone's a winner uh-huh. I think that's where the trouble comes in but yeah, I think I do think people are a bit softer nowadays. But yeah, not that I was not that my family was hard or anything, but as in like if it was cold or snowing or hard, my, my dad was like, we're still gonna go train. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're still gonna go to rugby training or whatever it was. Like, yeah. But so that you so you think that generation of your parents, probably even to my parents' generation as well, they had that sort of instilled in them to I guess so just get on with things and just keep moving forward would you agree with that yeah man like literally like consistency and just keep moving forward is like the two things i think that that is pretty much what it takes but it's like not or not what it takes but as in what keeps me going or what should keep everyone going is actually just keep turning up you're gonna have bad days you're gonna have good days you're gonna have great days you're gonna have shit days but you just keep going um and keep turning up and that's when you get better at things and keep practicing and yeah, I think, I guess, yeah, consistency and not giving up too easy. Wicked. No, I like that. I like that. So you said you played rugby. How long was you semi-professional for then? How long did that kind of it last that um, career? Since I was uh, just after 17, 18. Okay. Uh, I think it was in like National 3 and I finished in National 2, um, which is which is quite high. And like, if it's in football times, you know, there'd be plenty of cash in it. But because yeah. it's rugby, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't... Uh, you couldn't just quit your job to play rugby. Sure, um, sure. Um, and then, yeah, like now the team I was playing for are now in National 1, so they're doing quite well. Um, well, they're doing really well, actually. I'll be nice. keeping an eye on them. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah. Um, God, was that eight years, maybe? Eight years. Yeah, yeah, and why did you uh, depart from playing? What happened? Uh, <laughs> um, I just had enough, I think. Did you, have to- uh, you know, I just kind of my competitive nature. I think I just threw my toys out my pram, and I just realised I had enough. Okay. Like, what, what, what were your sort of like frustrations around it? Uh, uh, when they pay you, they expect a lot from you, right? Um, and actually, I just couldn't give the amount of time they wanted. Uh, or, or no, I had a couple of work commitments. I still owe my own. Yeah, a couple of work commitments and. I got dropped and but my stats were like the top like position right. they were good like so it, I was like oh you know what uh <laughs> the stats look good and that and it, you know I th- I just remember the phone call he was like oh he phoned me the next day and was like oh actually we need you to play and I was like you know what I quit man I'm done right right so you uh, felt like they took sort of advantage is that does that happened quite a lot then with these not, not took advantage at all no 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 I, okay. I knew what was I knew what was needed as at that level and I just didn't want to do it anymore right okay like, it's not right. the advantage like you know you're getting paid to do something you love there's no there's no advantage taking it's actually just I think I think yeah it just takes a lot of time I and mean, when you've been doing it for so long yeah it's Tuesdays and Thursday evenings like two to three hours and because you're a national team you could travel up to six hours right. um, each way um, so it's all day Saturday you're recovering Sunday um, but yeah I, I, I really respect people that carry on um, taking a battery you know it's like it's hard work yeah, um, yeah. 
it's not it's not easy but yeah it's like you, you're traveling a lot and i just kind of had enough man i think yeah. sometimes you just have to go right you know i'd load plenty of concussions one day i remember waking up i couldn't even remember i had children i said to Mrs. she was like the kids want to see it i'm like what what kids wow really I remember the kids i was like all right you know kind of just had a bit of yeah bit of a wake-up call yeah man i mean i guess when uh as you grow you expect well you should should be growing and your life circumstances change and then you've got to make a decision if if it's worth the trade-off isn't it and i think we can um apply that to anything in life i guess isn't it i think a lot of people sort of stay in the same position wondering why they can't get out of their out of their circumstances when really they just have to make a real logical um decision but I yeah, think that's all you can carry on doing this thing. Yeah. That like, I kind of lost the love for it as well. Like, mm. I mean, I, I love like the playing, but I couldn't be asked to train anymore. You know, you kind of just get into that little thing. I oh, fuck this shit. Oh, yeah. I'm allowed to swear, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah carry on. <laughs> I kind of just got into that like bit of a not negative space, but a bit of a like, you know what? I just I just can't be asked anymore, man. Right. Like, right. But you know, move on. In another life, I'd have. Played for England. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds good, man. Sounds good. So talk to me about um, your coaching um, career path and how did that come about and from where you are, like obviously back then into where you are now. Uh, so essentially, I don't know, man. I just spent like a lot of time in the gym. And I think it's that same thing. Oh, actually, I kind of I like, I, I did a bit of judo coaching as well. And I was like, oh, I like coaching people or kids or adults or whatever. Um, and then I just spent so much time in the gym. I was like, oh, why don't I just like work here? And then, uh, and then, yeah. And then the gym was at like, decided to not like allow personal training anymore. So we just decided to open up our own gym. And then uh, like, yeah, like actually, this is why I was running late. I was just at, uh, we just, uh, we're going to move gyms, move locations. So right. um, they just organized with that sort of stuff. And um and yeah, no, so it just grew from there, really. Like the need for personal training in our area is quite quite high. So, yeah, yeah. And whereabouts is the gym located? Where is the uh, studio? Uh, so we're in Winash at the moment, and we're moving over towards uh, Crowthorn. Uh, so like just outside Reading, sort of thing. Brilliant. And it's uh, PTU. Is that is that correct? Yeah, man. And what's the U stand for? Then? Is that is just uh, personal training for you, basically? For you, okay. Like, all about you, all about your clients, sort of thing. Uh, so it's more of like a. Yeah, like we all of our stuff's like personal training or like small group or or things like that. Nice, nice. So how long have you had that studio for where you're just about to move from? Uh nine years now. Okay. So you've been in it for quite a while. Yeah. How have you seen it change from when you first started to now? Oh man, we first started with like 10 grand. And I think now our equipment list is probably north of a hundred thousand. Wow, okay. Um and has there been a um a change in like what people are after or like the sort of, I guess the problems will most likely stay the same, but how have you seen it? Like the culture change amongst the last nine years, your own culture in your gym. I, I'm i a big believer in, uh, in the client doesn't dictate what happens. Mm-hmm. So like they're coming for you for advice. It'd be like you going to the mechanic and telling them how to fix the car. You yeah. don't know how to fix a car. So yeah. I think a lot of the actual changes come from with, with my training and with like my business partner's training and then people around us. So like when I'm playing rugby, I'm kind of like, you know, giving them a bit more like, I guess, sports specific style stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, something like training wise. And then you kind of got into powerlifting. So I learned like tons more about technique. And then I'm kind of like looking at like how to break down squat bench and deadlift which works quite well. Then when I'm like, when I was running, you know, just actually like rehab, prehab sort of style stuff. Um, I also had my knee reconstructed in like 2015 as well. So like yeah. that, that's like, um, you know, rehab, prehab style stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you just kind of, I think it just evolves for your like training cycles. And then like now, um, still like have like powerlifting on a back burner, but I'm just doing more like, uh, I want to call it CrossFit because everyone understands CrossFit. But I don't do any like gymnastics stuff. I like just practicing on like a bit of Olympic weightlifting, still squat bench, deadlift. Um, and I'm just throwing in like, like, you know, cir- like circuits basically. It's, yeah, cir- yeah. it's circuit training. Um, okay. But people understand CrossFit better than circuit training for some yeah, strange yeah. reason. Circuit training has been around for fucking years. <laughs> yeah, of um, course. Yeah. yeah, so it's just basic 
circuits where I just added more like elements of cardiovascular work, like on the bike, um, yeah. and they throw in some burpees. I rarely do them, but like I've just started throwing them in every now, now and then. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so I think it's just kind of going doing like full circle, maybe more sports style stuff, but actually knowing more about the precise intricacies of squat bench and deadlift, but actually using that to my advantage when I'm doing circuit style training or, you know, so it's actually, I think the way I evolve is the way my clients evolve. Because right. I'm like, I'm always thinking what's best for me, but actually what's best for me is going to be 99% of the time. It's going to be best for my next client. The only thing that's going to be different is like structural balance of, and obviously diet. But you take all that into account anyway. Right. But, so I guess it's just, yeah, like, and, and their outcome, 99% of my clients are general pop fat loss. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to get them stronger, move better, get them fitter, um, and then drop the fat. So all in combined, like powerlifting, move better, rugby training, move better, be fitter, running fitter. Like So they kind of all integrate, I guess. Nice. So you literally just took your training experience from all the years, all the past years, and just came up with a system for what's going to, best i guess appropriate for your clients that you want to work with um because what, what i've seen a lot of, uh, in most recent times if you agree with me agree with me or not um what's happening is a lot of a lot of trainers are coming out on these short-term you know courses to become a, a trainer and within six weeks and eight weeks and when really they haven't got much experience to to begin with and, I, and for me personally i've always trained since school days and um but i also went through the route of you know doing doing a degree and doing all the theory work behind it but coming out of university i realized i didn't know shit i didn't know nothing so <coughs> and with all these courses going on in recent times so i'm just coming off the back of like whatever company they're just pouring out there like all these trainers are getting turned over and they re- and they and they can't secure clients because they haven't got the experience i guess training experience to degree so you just highlighted, I guess, how important your own training experience carries over to your business. I'm a, I'm a, it's one of those I always think as well. Like when I look for something or someone, I'm like, you know, scars are always going to tell the tale. If they ain't got mm. scars, then they know shit. Like, you, how can you tell me, like, how it feels to, like, to do this sort of stuff? Uh-huh. Like, that's what we say to my clients. Like, you know, I did a photo shoot once, and I'm like. I understand how it feels. I'm always, I've, I've, I love food. I've yeah. always been big, like, you know, and I understand the pain it costs to get, get leaner. Um, like, and so I understand all my clients needs and I'm like, and I think they would appreciate that yeah. and because yeah. I guess through rugby and training, I've lo- had lots of injuries. So when they get an injury or hurt something, I know how to kind of fix it. Mm. Like I was looking at doing like physio style stuff, but it's just too much effort for me when I can just fix it in a, in an exercise prescription. Like 90% of stuff you probably could fix exercise prescription wise with a massage or Mm. unless it's obviously something serious, but there's a lot of times it's just an imbalance or they just train badly or they pick something dodgy up, you know? Um, But so, yeah. So through all the injuries as well, it's just understanding how to repair someone. Brilliant. Um, Give me one second, Aaron. I'm just going to put my charger in. Sorry. One second. So, cheers. Um, yeah, man. So, just through that's an interesting one because I've had clients over the previous, um, you know, years and they've they've come to me with repeated struggles and niggles and injuries and stuff. And you, there's only so much you can tell them and try to prescribe them. But at the end of the day, how would you get your clients to just do the work outside of the studio? I guess you just have to be brutal, man. Like, I just go, look, this is exactly what you need to do. Every time you come in, we're having to re-go over this because you haven't done it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you've got two choices. You can just keep paying me and we keep re-going over this, or you can actually just do the exercises and we get we can move on quicker. Mm-hmm. But I guess it just depends on how severe the injury is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just had a lady, like, knee reconstructed and stuff, and she was just... Like it, the first, she was not doing any ex- exercises for it. So I 
just had to spend the hour just doing the exercises with her. And, and like, you know, she went back for a, 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 like a checkup and they said, oh, it's really good, it's doing well. But like, it's only doing well because she trains me three times a week. If she had, wasn't training with me, it'd be still be like really stiff. She would have zero movement in it. Mm-hmm. But like, she's just like, you know, lucky that she has the, the cash to be able to train three times a week um, and, and, you know, and actually get the benefit because she was not doing nothing at home. It would have been double better if she'd done the stuff at home. Right. But it's like how you get anyone to do anything. <laughs> they got to want to do it right. Yeah, they want to do it, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Um, let's go a little bit more into your uh, powerlifting sort of experience and, like, how did you get doing that then from the rugby to – did you go straight into the – I did, like I did a, ultra running after rugby. Okay, ultra running, yeah. <laughs> what was that <laughs> like? <laughs> um – you know what? It's like if you ever want to get high with no drugs, like try running a really long way. Right. Like, you'll, you'll you'll find some demons in there that you'd never even thought about. Wow. Like we, uh, me and my friend did uh, Brecon to Cardiff, basically. So seventy kilometers is forty miles. Right. I must have gone crazy about a hundred times. Like, and like when I was down, like like just like miserable as hell. He was up, though, so, and then like when he was down, like I was up. So we like managed to just keep going like this whole way. Wow. On, on both of us but if i was on my own i probably just stopped i'd have gone like nah man this is enough but now nah, it's good fun so what, um, what when you say that that's quite interesting when you say that like what experience what what did you would was you like conscious of of what was going on or was it or you sort of like hallucinating yeah, yeah, or yeah man like conscious but like almost like euphoric when you're up but when you're down like like maddest depression yeah. like I can't carry on i can't do this everything hurts and then all of a sudden like 10 minutes later your body just does this weird thing you're like Oh my god, this is great! <laughs> I love this running. No way, no way. <coughs> yeah, that's because okay. that's not running. Personally, for me, running's not never been a big strong point. But recently, I've just been uh, doing a lot of it with different types of conditioning workouts. And yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. I, I can. I'm starting to love it a bit more. I can start to feel the benefits and feel that I'm getting fitter. And it is quite addicting, to be fair. Just like yeah. weight training, to be fair. Good stuff, man. So you went from the ultra running to. I'm, I'm going to throw in there real quick as well. I'm a real barefoot advocate. And uh, okay, I, yeah, I, did, I think I did three marathons in barefoot shoes. And at the time, I was like 105 kilos. So if you, if you, no excuses, if people have got like plantar fasciitis, all that sort of crap, wear your barefoot shoes, stop putting inner soles in. They're not worth it. So when you say barefoot shoes, what exactly are those? The, um... Literally just a little, like, a, like a thin piece of rubber. I use Vivo barefoot, which is like my favourite. Oh, okay. Like a thin Vivo, piece yeah. of rubber, basically, between you and the floor. You can feel everything. Um, but on the long stuff, I, I did wear a trainer with a bit of cushion just because my, like, 40 miles. Like, after a marathon, like, it's painful. Like, it's, it's, like, real, like, sensitive to walk. Uh-huh. But after the 40 miles, like, there's no way I'm going to do 40 miles in them, so I didn't bother with that. But I've done three marathons with them. Jeez. There you go. The only way it fixed my knee, actually, to be fair, when I had my knee reconstructed, like it's something that's not right, and I just couldn't work out what it was. And then I, when I'm walking around barefoot, like everything felt all right. Right. I wear barefoot shoes and like obviously work from the feet up, and actually it just made me nice and square, so my knee was working right and my ankles were fine. Um, but yeah, with with trainers, I guess because I'm heavy, like I squash a lot. Like if they got cushions in, you know, they're always squashing which way or the other. So I was kind of like compensating for that. As soon as I put bare feet on i'm like it's perfect so now i just all my shoes like vans jordan ones or uh or like barefoot vivo shoes nice nice that's quite interesting you say that because of the multitude of different trainers coming out cushioned and then it goes to one next phase of it being uh slimline and stuff so i guess going back to basics isn't it going feeling in touch with the ground and a lot of us don't do that like especially if you're doing a lot of uh if you're like in that sort of nine to five cycle, sitting down in the office and stuff, yeah, you're squashing sort of your contact, foot, haven't we, with like all triangle. that? Say again, sorry. When you start squashing your foot, it'll end up looking like a triangle, and you won't be able to grip the floor properly. So, right. as you look at people's feet, they just can't grip the floor, or they can't even flex their toes. You're like, they're so stiff, and that's half the week. Like, got no balance. You can't walk and lunge properly because your your toes are so stiff. You're gonna get injuries through your hips because your knees can't work properly, and your ankles don't work properly. And actually, like. You see these physios like trying to sell inner soles to try and fix a problem that actually would be fixed if you just told them to wear no shoes or wear barefoot yeah. shoes. That would fix it. Like, wow. Wow. That one, well, again, one of my clients have got the same client that got a knee reconstructed. 
She was like, oh, I'm going to wear heels out this weekend. I said, all right, go for it. See how you feel. It's not going to work. The Monday she come in, my knee is so bad. Those heels, my calves <laughs> are killing. My knees are killing. I'm like, I told you, just stay in the flat shoes because yeah, your knees are yeah. not ready for high heels yet. Wow. No, that's but a good, that's a good point. That's, that a, that's a real tough one to get people to understand because everyone's like, no, but the physio said I should roll my foot. And also, to be fair, though, barefoot shoes do hurt for a good month or two. And you just got to push through that first couple of months and then your feet will be much better. Wow. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good highlight there. That's a very interesting topic. All right, cool. So then we went to uh, running to the, power, uh, yeah. uh, the powerlifting. So talk to me more about <laughs> that. Then. How, what was your journey like from the start? Um, I guess it's one of those things that you always think you're like the strongest. Until you yeah. go to a powerlifting competition and you realize like you're, you're weak as hell. Yeah. <laughs> like the girls are lifting more than you, man. You're like, no. Yeah. Um, and then uh so my friend was like all into like a uh, strong man and powerlifting. He started getting more into powerlifting. So I was like kind of coaching him. He's one of those guys who's like naturally strong, didn't want to listen to the training plan, um, blah, blah, blah. And then it, in the end ended up just kind of doing a bit of training together. Did a few competitions and I thought, you know, like the same old. I'm like, you know what? Let's just give this whole hog and see what happens. Um, and then just really enjoyed it, man. I think it's just nice, like really good dialing, dialing in technique. Uh-huh. You know, like, and then I just went, yeah, another one, when was it? Like 2016, 2017, I went to see Australian strength coach in Amsterdam. Um, so Sebastian or in Amsterdam and like the price I paid for that, that has paid me back million fold man like that was invaluable information um and he's just like what yeah the way he breaks it down it's just like nobody else and actually like if you need to ever see someone like just go and watch him basically yeah um, but yeah so i went to see him and then i think you know when you get like he was he was complimentary about my lifts uh, which is quite nice and then especially from someone like that you know he trained for uh hathor bjornsson um Trained a load of other like massive power. I think he's trained Sam Bollins as well, who's like got the one of the biggest totals in uh, under hundreds or over. I know under one tens or something. I can't really quite remember. He's totaled a thousand total anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. massively strong. Um, and then yes, yeah, so I think I just pursued it a bit more from there. Um, and just kind of found out like I was just enjoying it, man. Like just keep going and something to aim for. Nice, nice. So if you had to choose one squat, bench, or deadlift, <laughs> which one would it be? I squat all day, man. Oh, perfect. Good stuff. <clears throat> so just what's your current record at the moment and now? What, where do you stand with your totals? Uh, so, uh, um, well, the last, I guess you're only as good as your last competition, but that was one of the best competitions to date. Oh. Um, so that was August last year. Um, yeah. uh, so my squat was uh, 375. Uh, that's, so that's, that. oh, well, I looked at it. <laughs> when I did it, it was like 18th in the, of all time in the UK. Now I think it's 20th or 21st of all time in the UK. Um, so 375. Uh, I benched uh, two, 207.5, I think, and then deadlift 330. But my deadlift has always been my weak point. I got because I'm quite well, I've got long legs uh-huh. and I always tend to hitch, hitch the deadlift. So my second deadlift of the day was to go for 900 total. Um, and then my last one was just to see if I could go for it. I reckon on the day I probably had another 10 to 20 kilos in there, and I've pulled that in the gym, but. Yeah, a free 30 in the competition. So. Wow, some big numbers. <clears throat> and what category do you compete in? What's the, is it the weight class? Uh, so, so, it, but, so I'm a big believer in, uh, like if you're new, if you haven't been powerlifting for very long, um, I, I, I follow this guy uh, uh, and I really respect his opinion. He's a mutant strong as uh, um, Elliot Page and he's like a massive powerlifter. And I, I messaged him, I was like, yo, what do you think I should do to try and like cut weight a little bit, like get under 125? And his response was, are you going to go for any records? I was like, oh, no, man, I'm like nowhere near the records. He's like, so what are you fucking cutting for them? And that was his response. And literally I was like, oh, he's like, if you're not going to get any records, don't bother cutting. So I didn't bother cutting. I stayed in, the, I was 130 on the day. So that's like 125 plus. It could be anything. Right. Right, no, right, sorry, right. 130 to 140, actually. 125 to 140, actually, in, uh, in the competition I'm in. Uh-huh. Um, so then 140 over. Nice, nice. So, why, why, what was the reason you wanted to cut down the weight again? Sorry, because I normally competed in under one twenty fives. Okay, I've just been eating loads. I like, I just couldn't be asked to like tone my diet down a little bit. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, maybe I could just leave it. You know what? It's like, I'll leave it a little bit longer. I think I'll be fine. Like four weeks out, you're like, oh shit, I'm not fine. 
And then I was like, spoke to him and he's like, you know what, just leave it, man. Just, just, and I think actually, I think most people in powerlifting would be more beneficial doing that, like staying in the heavier weight category that you naturally sit at or you naturally train at. And mm-hmm. rather than cutting and like bombing out all the time, like it's like, you see a lot of lifters, they're like not even making lifts because they're dehydrated or like they like dieted too much or just mm-hmm. be in the upper weight category, get strong in that. When you're super strong, then, then start to cut down for the records. If you want to take any records. Okay. So, pursue pursue getting strong and let the let the weight sort of take care of itself based on our, based on how you respond to the strength training and the exercise eat according to that yeah well unless you've got any like body goals like yeah. for me i'm not i'm not um i'm not too precious about what i look like i just care about the result yeah yeah like, yeah so i'm not enough. like i wasn't too fussed about getting leaner i just yeah. wanted to be stronger and i know to be strong i need to eat more uh-huh, uh-huh. so talk to me about what what does a uh, typical diet look like for you then what's your typical eating day uh, at the moment man like like either porridge or like bacon roll in the morning sometimes like, most of the day i go to costa because it's right next to the gym <coughs> yeah and then um lunchtime is just either chicken beef rice or just put it in a sandwich if i feel like it uh-huh. um i'm not too strict to be honest like a protein bar um we just started uh, a human 24 supplements. So I always have their rise in the morning, which has got like everything, all the supplements in it. Cause I kind of got fed up with taking all tablets. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like, same again for dinner, man, like whatever's there, like chicken, rice, beef, potatoes, or like whatever, like last night I had like a pizza. It's like whatever's there. Like, I'm not, uh, yeah. I'm not like too strict or like if the missus makes something, I'm just going to eat it. Like, the other night, the kids had bolognese, so I just ate some of that. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. I think people get too hung up on, like, these sort of, like, oh, it's just got to be chicken and rice, or it's just got to be this. Like, man, like, I had a hard training day yesterday, so I felt like a pizza in the evening, so I ate a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like a takeaway. It's just like a, like a you know, Sainsbury's one. I don't know how many calories in there, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair I enough. Mean, I mean... I'm, for me, I'm not into, like... Obviously, I like to be leaner and all that sort of jazz, but I like food a lot. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I'm not too fussed if I'm like, like not as lean as I like, I'm not going to get too upset about it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but yeah, well, I just keep my protein high um, and then everything else just like works around it, basically. So as long as I get my protein in, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, no, that's something I want to just uh, touch on there because a lot of people that might be looking at this may have this sort of stereotypical view of a coach having to stay in lean shape and watch particularly, you know, what they're eating all the time. When really, in reality, it's not really sustainable for anyone, to be honest. All these athletes that you see or people in shape online, you know, it's, it's just, they're living a complete different lifestyle. And I think, I think that's what's also got lost along the times as well is how we, it's been shaped to think that you need to be extra in everything that you do. Yeah, what's, yeah. Your, what's your perspective on that? Well, mate, I think half these people, like, no disrespect to them. Like, I mean, it's, it's amazing, but I think they're probably verging on some sort of eating disorder. Yeah. Um, but also, like, the longevity, like, if you're if you're a genetic freak, then, then that's sweet. Like, Ronnie Coleman, I remember listening to an interview of him. He could get down to, like, 1% body fat, and the doctors was like, you should be dead. Even when he was bulking, he was 8% body fat. Like, mm-hmm. like that's just not normal. But um, for, like, the most general population, like... I understand your struggle and all that sort of jazz, but I just don't think that like, I think most people should learn to be happy with the way they look. Um, I don't like all this, um, you know, uh, celebrate obesity shit because diabetes doesn't care if you're fat and happy or you're proud of yourself because you're going to, like your morbid, your your comorbidities are going through the roof. Um, So I don't, I don't respect that, but I like the fact that they're happy with themselves, but I don't think that's like the right way to go about it. Cause actually, oh, you're teaching your, your kid or the kid looking at you to be happy being obese and unfit. Mm-hmm. So I'm not into that. Um, but yeah, be happy with the way you look. And like, you know, I train a lot of women and especially men as well. Like they're in great shape, but they don't see their great shape. Like right. even when people tell them. So like, I think that's one of the key things from the social media and, the the you know like if you look at love island they're all like all in good shape uh, like no. if i was sensitive i'd be like oh my god i can't watch love island because they're all in good shape but i i'm happy with the way i look i'm not like and i i think i know the pain it ke- takes to get a six pack and hold it for a long time you know like, it's not worth the pain yeah like, yeah 
I mean, after a good workout, you can see there's there's some muscle there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I don't need to be skin, you know, like yeah. thin year round. But I think yeah. that's just social media, the way people think they need to be leaner than they are. Like, yeah, for, yeah. like for a bloke, I'm all, like for guys, I'm just like, you know, if you've got like definition, like, you know, you've got like a little lump in your shoulder or like you can see your pecs, you haven't got like, you know, you see a lot of guys these days with like bitch tits, man. Just, just don't have tits. Like... You know what I mean, you got some guys have got bigger boobs than their misses. I'm like, that's just not healthy. So just sort that out. And oh, that man. you're killing us here, man. <laughs> it's true. Though. Come on, man. Like you, you see guys. They're like, I mean, I mean, it's that. It's just, it's just not healthy, man. Like you're full of one. You're full of estrogen and fat. Yeah. yeah. Like, and you, you just like drop a bit of weight. Um, but you don't have to be super lean. I'm just talking like get under like twenty percent or like you know, whatever, reduce your BMI by a couple of points. You don't have to yeah. be, the government's BMI guidelines are stupid. They don't work, but uh-huh. just, just drop your weight a little bit. Maybe drop a stone, see how you feel. Yeah. But yeah. I think <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't glamorize being big, man. No, I absolutely agree with you. I understand where you're coming from. Also all being lean or being super lean because like, uh, I, I love like Chris, uh, Chris Bumstead, you know, he just won Mr. Olympia in the two one two. Like he's incredible, man. But yeah. even him in off season, he is not that lean. Like I watched a video of him. Like yes, he's super lean, like compared to natural guy, uh-huh. but he's not that lean. Like you see, he even he puts on fat, and like how hard it is for him to get that lean. But people are looking at the leanness rather than his day to day stuff. Yeah, the end result of it all and all the time. Well, that's what well, that's what gets plastered, doesn't it? That's what sells. That's what sells. So uh, they're going to do everything they can. Good Mate, stuff, I put myself though. in hot pants yesterday. That got so many likes. I put some <laughs> information up. Nothing. It's always the way, isn't it? That's a struggle. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff, man. All right. We'll, we'll dive into the... Uh, let's dive more into the squat mechanics and the squat itself exercise. Because uh, this is something that I'm doing with my own current members at the moment. Is just talking about squat technique and just trying to give them some tips and help them improve uh, their squat performance because that's something that we do in our gym in our in our group training. So hopefully we can uh, pick your brain on that. So yep. where do we start? If we had to say um, one of them, what let's start with the common problems that people face uh, when it comes to squatting. What are some of the ones that you kind of <laughs> identify? Uh, common problem. I guess the first one is bar position. Uh huh. Um, obviously you've got high bar and low bar, but you see a lot of um, like uh, people when they first start squatting, like especially if I, I, I'm like a, I like to, what I don't like to do is tell people what to do and expect them to do it. So I tend to go, oh, just show me your squat and we'll see how we get on. Uh-huh. So like a lot of the time they like, it's like right on their neck and that like they just put it too high and they wonder why it hurts. So you just, yeah, like obviously placement on the traps or if you're low bar, then uh, like rear delt. Um, but yeah, that's probably like one of the most common, I guess, is putting a bar too high at my neck. Uh-huh. Um, uh, obviously, squat depth again, mobility, uh, people that sit at desks, tight hips, tight hamstrings. Um, what else? Squat depth, uh, bracing, uh, people don't uh-huh. keep bracing and uh, core engagement enough in squats uh-huh. Uh-huh. or even do it enough. Okay. Okay, let's pick let's pick on some of them. So let's talk more about the bracing thing because that's that's really a common uh, thing I've seen over and over um, in my gym and just when people you know come to me at the start and and just just go through the motion sort of thing. What can people do? I mean, what is bracing in itself? If you don't mind, just explain to the people that are there that what is it? Because it's quite difficult to sort of explain like when it's when you when you're when i'm in person with clients it's can be a quite confusing thing for people so what would you how would you best explain that um so basically bracing just contracting your abs and your like your your deep core basically um mm-hmm. I, the, the only way i really explain it is like imagine i'm gonna punch you and you tense your abs like i'm gonna punch you, you're gonna you're gonna tighten your abs up as tight as you can to stop that punch um so at the top of the squat Take a deep breath in. It's called uh, the Valsalva maneuver. Take a deep breath in. I say deep breath. It could just be like a, and then you hold your breath and your abs until you squat all the way down and all the way back up, and then you breathe out. If you're doing sets of three to five, you could probably hold your breath, um, but you just want to get too dizzy. It just takes a bit of practice. Um, but if you're doing like sets of ten, yeah, maybe do like three. Hold your 
and then let let it out. Or if you kind of like you're happy with your breathing, you could breathe in, uh, breathe in, hold your breath, and breathe out of the top. Breathe in, breathe out. Um, but yeah, so essentially just taking a nice deep breath. Um, obviously contracting your abs and like your, your deep core muscles basically so when you, you squat you just you'll see when people don't do it as they fall forward straight away because they're right. just not holding their abs enough they'll just go they, if they don't breathe they'll just like the bar will just take them forward and they'll do like a good morning squat and um, <laughs> it looks ugly um, <laughs> okay cool. out of the bottom because you do exactly the same and you'll hurt your back um but yeah breathe in at the top breathe out at the top yeah yeah nice and simple good stuff uh common one again is like you mentioned was the um the range of the squat. Now, this has been this is something that I've seen everywhere, not just in you know my own studio of people just when they first come, just poorly not reaching any depth. But in just commercial gym, I still see it today. So, what what are some the of the things body people saying? Sorry, the body pump squat. The body pump. <laughs> is that body pump? Those uh, classes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! So then, what? So basically, we can blame those guys for the body pump squat, right? The lack of squatting oh, just, depth. Just anything on TV that shows squatting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. So, um, what can people do? Because obviously, you know, like, does it just occur mainly in people that are sitting at a desk, or can it be from, you know, people having previous injuries? Like, what? What are um, some of the reasons why? Most 99% of the time, it's just lack of confidence and understanding how to get there. Right. Or, yeah, so all being confident to get there. Like, lack of ankle mobility. Um, again, like, if you think if you've had a high heel on or a shoe of a heel, your calf's going to shorten. So when you go to a flat shoe, or you don't have a heeled, like, Olympic shoe, or you're squatting in shit shoes, basically, that are squishy, mm -hmm. you're going to have lack of flexion in the knee, so you can't push your knee far enough forward, so you can't get low enough. Um, also bar positioning if the bar's super high or uh -huh. it's too high uh, for like every couple of percent forward your head is like it puts uh, I think something stupid like 10% through, extra through the lower back right. if you're like if the bar's here and uh, and your back's like here you're like you know you're putting super strain so then obviously the strength in the lower back comes into play right um, right and is that also the reason why people feel the the pressure in the back, like when squatting, rather than the actual legs in itself from the glutes. Yeah, I just think people don't warm up enough, man. I don't oh, think okay. I, like I train a lot of not not older, but like well, I said older, but yeah, like something between like thirty five and sixty five. And you want to lift for a long time, you got to warm up. Sure, sure. Like, what sort of uh, warm up protocols would you would you do for a squat? Uh, walking lunges. Um, Single leg uh, hip lifts, uh, clams, but I'd do them the, sh uh, the, the Dr. Lock clams on YouTube. You can find him. He's a Australian strength coach, mate. Um, the clams he does are like way better than normal. Um, and just go to the clams. Um, and if, if someone's like really like struggling, then um, just putting your foot on a box and driving the knee forward. Is like a good one just to get that flexion at, in the in the in the uh, calf, um, or, or like a banded calf stretch where you put it around the foot and push your knee forward. Um, I really love those glute bands. Oh yeah, um, but people uh, put them around then. Well, I see a lot of people put it around their knees for glute band walks. If you just get a lighter band and put it around your feet, your glutes are going to fire up a hell of a lot more. Nice. Um, so stand on it rather than put it around your knees. Right. Um, To be honest, one of my simple solutions for general pot is everyone's going to hate me, but just box squat. Just box squat. <laughs> Who cares if you can squat or not? Just box squat. Bro. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Less stress in the lower back. You know where to hit depth. So if you don't hit the box, it's not a rep. Yeah. You've got guidance on where to go. You don't need as much weight to get the same response as long as you're not bouncing. Like box, if you're bouncing on a box, that's not box squatting, that's box bouncing. Yeah. Like, when you box squat, just sit on the box, take your time and explode off. Also great for vertical jump, good for explosiveness. Like I love like, m most of my clients that 
uh, older as well, box squat, because I just don't want to run the risk of busting the lower back just for the sake of that extra inch of depth. When I'm putting the box at a depth where their hips below parallel anyway, they're actually pausing, so they're making the difficult the exercise more difficult, and actually they're using less weight, but they're getting much more benefit and the same result, and it's a, a little bit safer. Wow. No, yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. It's it's again, it comes down to uh, the, the overall benefit of doing, like you said, a couple of inches further on the squat. Because I've had it, to be honest, I've, I've had it in the past with clients who've been, you know, they get generally strong as they go along. And then sometime down the line, they could just like go a little bit further deep, like a bit deeper than they normally would or something and something pops or they hear something in the, in the lower back and then you think, oh man, that's not a good sign and that's not a good... Yeah. And sometimes it just happens for like no reason. Like I had a girl, she's a great squatter. She's like squatting 60 for like easy reps. And then um, just like one day, like warming up, like nothing was different. And then she yeah. just like twinged her back. Wow. And I was like, what? like, but some days like, because you don't know all the external influence, like a lot of the time it's from sitting in a car too much, like long journeys or yeah. a, like one of my guys, like a builder. So he's always like, like moving stuff manually and actually that muscle may have got fatigued that day and you're just warming up through the reps and then all of a sudden like it's not as rested as the rest of your muscles but you feel rested but actually so it's just a weird one actually I, right. sometimes it does happen but the box is is a nice example where like pretty much it won't happen nice, nice. unless you're loading too much in a buzz in the wrong position <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely i agree sounds good okay so talk about some of the um common problems um how do you like how have you taken yourself up to that level of squatting so you've gone from whatever whatever what what actually if you don't mind telling us prior to your sort of powerlifting journey what was your squat sort of weight that used to like you know do reps out of like let's say 10 and how did you build it to over 300 so i squatted uh i think i squatted like 245 maybe i think it was maybe like nine years ago while i was just while i was playing rugby still uh-huh. um and then to get to that i did like the old small of but it's a small of squat programs like i wouldn't really recommend it to anyone not on drugs uh, oh, drugs. <laughs> yeah like honestly a lot of these- a lot of these kids are like, I've I, I seen a couple of guys, like local kids, like, well, what program are you running? Like, oh, this and that. And you look at it and you're like, uh, my first question is like, are you on drugs? And they're like, oh, no, no. I'm like, how the fuck are you recovering from that much volume and intensity over a week? Right. And like, you're not super strong, but you're like, you're kind of strong. Uh-huh. But you, you can see why they're not like improving. They're just not like, like, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, a lot, some of these programs are like, it might have worked for a super elite if you're like have a if you don't have a full time job you're just eating resting and training. Yeah. If you're if you're working, you know, normal person like mate, you're gonna need to get some good drugs to like recover from this workout because right. there's no way that you're gonna get better running this program. Right. Like you might get a few gains, but if you can survive it, that's what I would say. If you can survive it, like good luck. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the small of that like, squatting four five times a week and then four times a week Wow. week six i was like man i can't do this anymore like i literally and i was forcing myself to go like just to keep squatting and i was like i need to run it i need to run it and i was like i just couldn't do it anymore squatted i think i squatted uh 245 um but yes i was lost to what the question was i ran away there no no just um asking about your what you squatted back then 245 oh, right. yeah, yeah but to be fair like i did a lot of front squats with rugby as well so i could front squat like I think I, I think I front squat like 180, 190 wow. for a double. Nice. Do you think that has a lot of like transfer over to the back squat and then you benefits from doing that? Oh mate, look, if you, any squatting is gonna help. Well people yeah. people uh I'm a big believer in like conjugate west side method. Um so in my 12 months leading up to my biggest squat, I rarely squatted with a straight bar and straight weight. Wow. Like so I I, I I really enjoy that sort of stuff. My brain like really works well with it. Um, but, but yeah, so yeah, squatting, I don't really tend to do too much like of the same bar stuff over long periods. Uh-huh. Um, 
but yeah front squat like core activation in the front squat you know when you've done a good front squat you can feel your abs like deep inside like not like a sit-up like a like you're like oh man and like you're just struggling to keep the bar up yeah yeah no i, I get that i get that i've had it i've had it as well and that sounds good so you're saying in order for you to work so let's you just mentioned 12 months prior to your your lift you were squatting four to five times a day, or was that on the previous program you mentioned? I don't know. So that was like, God, uh, yeah, like eight, nine years ago. Okay, okay. And, okay. and then, so, so after that, that sort of stuff, it was just like probably squat once or twice a week. And then I went into like five by five. Um, and, you know, I tried all these different methods online. Uh-huh. Um, this is like where you gain most of your knowledge, man, like find programs online and, like just run them basically and, and then nice. you tweak your own and um and then yeah like the last the, up to my max up to my last competition it was just all self-programming running what worked knew what worked i knew it inside out like you know um nice yeah so i've run pretty much loads like five by five. Oh god there's loads five three one uh-huh. german volume training like basically it's just squat based deadlift and do those many reps. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you, you generally would keep everything quite lower, or you do like a mix between high volume, low volume, more intense, or is it literally a mix of both? <laughs> I just took on a new guy yesterday. Yeah. And uh not yesterday, day before sorry. And uh like he's getting coached by one of the well, I won't say any names, but like a good power lifter. Um uh and then he like his first thing to me was, Oh my god. I can't even get through the accessories. I feel so unfit. I'm like, because you are obviously unfit. And like, God, no, I just said to him, I don't know what you've been training before, but like, this is just like normal for me and my clients. Yeah. Like, so essentially, I'll program your either heavy, it'd probably be a max. If, if you're a powerlifter with me, like, it'll, well, beginners is different. Like, I treat this is like, if, you're, if you've been powerlifting with me for like, I don't know, maybe 12 weeks. So let's say, like, you have a max effort. Um, because in powerlifting and, and and in general lifting, you've got to learn to strain. Like uh-huh. that's one thing, like learning to brace and learning to strain. Like you've got to understand what that weight feels like and how to strain and push through it. Right. It's like um, it's really hard to explain. Like uh you know when you take your car to like the red line and it's like straining, but yeah. you know it can do it. You kind yeah. of got to take your body to that red line just right. so you know you can strain through and like push through. Um yeah, so and then like we do like speed days at the end of the week. So like but after the max stuff, then like accessories, like always sort of like six to twenty reps. Nice. nice. Like I love like some like high rep stuff. Um and if you're on a leg press, leg press is always 20 reps. Don't let anyone ever tell you different. <laughs> why is that then? <laughs> why? Because it's a waste of time. Yeah, why? <laughs> that's that's a favorite for most people doing the leg press. Yeah, because because they're lazy, man. <laughs> so leg press is 20 reps because um, you're seated um and you just you just yeah you're just trying to look for blood flow to the muscles um you know it's a it's a technically it's an isolated movement man you're yeah. not gonna it's not it, w- it will have some crossover into strength training i like it a lot for like uh, deadlifts okay. um it's that like pushing movement away which okay. is quite nice but 20 reps always like well, there's no point in doing less <laughs> don't ever come to me and tell me about your leg press like, ever. ever it's like my I, I really hate it people be, people be pressing over 300 kilos here 400 yeah 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 cool man cool that's it yeah cool bro <laughs> I don't hate oh, it I don't find it annoying you know like it's one of those like a little annoying things you're breaking people out here Aaron, man. I'm telling man, you. I, want get, I want you to get some unsubscribers <laughs> you're killing people's egos man <laughs> I, mean, I, I think it's i think it's great like if that's what you like to do and yeah. it's always good to find something that you like um, sure sure but but like on a on a on a training level if we're going to be talking about like progressing to get stronger yeah. like it's i mean it's okay but <laughs> you know but also again like for the we we just got rid of our leg press and we had like an argument with a lot of people oh um, wow it might be, you know, there might be something flying around. We might get one back, but I doubt it. Um, yeah. But, like, for us, essentially, like, you think general population, this is what I, I guess uh, controversy to a lot of people, general population, like, stop fucking spinning, waste of time. Stop doing leg press, waste of fucking time. Stop doing anything where you're pretty much seated down, waste right. of time. Right. Like, 
because most of my clients that I see, like if I can do something standing, I will just for the benefit of like standing up. Yeah. Whereas like you've got, you've woken up, they probably sat down at breakfast. They probably sat in their car to go to work. They sat at work. They come home and sat, they sat on their way to the gym and they're going to go to the gym to sit on a fucking bike. Yeah. Like, and you're telling me your back hurts because your hip flexors and hamstrings are tight. And I'm trying to show you strength exercises yet. You're going to go and sit on a damn bike or sit on a leg press or sit on a chest press. Like uh-huh. I just, I, I, it really bugs me. Like just only because of that fact, like if if you have a like a, a standing up job, then fair play, man. Sit down all day because I, I feel your pain. Like, but when you sit down all day, don't yeah. go to the gym. Sit down again because you're gonna just make whatever's wrong with you worse. Right. Your back's never gonna get stronger. Like, you're never actually gonna get core strength. And actually, I think I'm sure I saw somewhere through evolution we're like losing our coccyx because we sit so much. Oh wow! Like, but <laughs> that's one of my they're my two pet peeves: is leg press and, and spinning. Wow. So we won't see you on a spin bike anytime soon, no? I, I do a lot of riding. I've got a watt bike. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I, I used to do a lot of riding and and I, I use like the uh, concept. We've got a concept bike at the gym. And, oh, nice, but nice. I do enjoy it, but it's mixed in with like short bursts. Like I'll probably do it for like a minute max or two minutes um, and yeah. all the other stuff standing. Um, okay. But then I've stood up all day if I'm coaching or yeah. I rarely have days where I sit down all day. But... Yeah, I, 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 also, I just don't like spin. I, yeah, I, yeah, not your thing. <laughs> we won't see no, any, really, any like. People love it because people are addicted to it. But they um, are, they are. You know what? You just like, I don't know, man. I'm a big. <laughs> I like nature. Like, get your bike yeah. and ride outside. Yeah, yeah. Stick, stick to the roots, isn't it? Stick to our, our roots, man. No, that's good, man. It's been interesting, man. I really appreciate that, man. Yeah, um, just to, true. just to. Round it off. Um, what can we expect from your powerlifting performance going forward? Are you going for any more records? Break any records? <laughs> uh, I wish, man. Not unless I want to get super heavyweight. Um, to be honest, man, I, I'm getting married on Saturday, so that's what I've been. Oh, congratulations! Um, nice. Yeah, and that's pro- pretty much half the reason why I've just been relaxing, training a little bit. Okay. Uh, just because um, it's like it's, it's hard to explain to people, like you know, to get to warm up to that sort of weight it takes you like a, a 45 minutes sometimes to like wow. Wow. like three for like five or something you know it's a long warm-up um so yeah i don't maybe if i feel like it I, you know there's only one thing burning right now and that's like to squat 400 wow. but it's whether it burns big enough to like get me to do it uh-huh. um uh-huh. like my eyes were bloodshot for like two weeks after and that's oh. like a bit of like you know, like it was there's a lot of pressure going on yeah, um, it's just different like it's i guess it's hard to explain when like i didn't know about it until i went there so right. and and like the sacrifice you have to make to get there so yeah it's whether i want to make those sacrifices i guess with the rugby thing if i want to make those sacrifices and it burns hard enough inside of me i'd love to score 400 but again it would uh probably not even be a record so i think oh, the record in my category is like four four oh five or four ten and the one above is like four forty so the best in the UK is 440. So like he yeah, must, and then he put must, on weight again. Yeah, yeah. Then, then you're going to some uncharted territories there, bloody hell, 440. That's and like crazy. one of my clients, or a couple of my clients want to do like, have you ever heard that high rocks and like turf? Yeah, yeah, stuff? yeah, yeah. I'm doing that. Well, like well, yeah. circuit training. So so I'm just enjoying that, man. I just feel fitter. I, I, I'm still sh- strong, but I'm not as strong as I used to be. But in my in my I feel better and I feel fitter. Yeah. Um, so like my skateboarding's got better, but I'm still lifting. Like, like the other day, I still was still squatting heavy. Like did like 200 for five five or something. Nice. So I'm not near what I used to be, but I'm gonna have to, you know, like I like to, I guess, train for lifestyle at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I don't have the time to to like to lift that much. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, like you say, it's, it's very time. I think anything that you do that you do take serious, it's gonna. You've got to dedicate the time and the resources yeah. for it. I've got two kids as well. So, like, if, are you got kids? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, you know, like, when you're spending, like, two, three hours training, sometimes you're, like, oh, you know, like, you feel kind of bad on them. And, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I just, I mean, I maybe I'd be more driven if there's, like, money in the sport, but it's all, like, self-funded and all that sort of stuff. Right. But I just don't think, um, yeah, like, at the moment, like, my workouts are either 30 or 40 minutes max. Uh-huh. Um, I get a lot of volume in, like, just pure volume, like, light weights. Or, like, the other day I did, yeah, like, heavy squats, and then I did, like, a little circuit with rowing and lunges. Right. 
nice, um, just nice. Get out of the way. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, it's a short, sharp, yeah, intense. Yeah, I'm still getting like sick workouts, but I'm not like stressing my nervous system enough to be stronger. Yeah, but, you know, still keeping my shape and still keeping fit. Um, that's it, man. But, that's yeah. it. I think that's important. Like you just said, like wherever you are at in your lifestyle, you have to strike a balance with you know, managing your business, managing your family, managing your own health and say, you know, especially, especially for, you know, as men put it out there, it's a big responsibility on us to keep it moving, keep the leadership going. Uh, something that I've experienced yeah, in the last couple of years. What's your take on that? Yeah, no, man, I think, I think men get a lot of stick for stuff at the moment. You know, it's like this whole, like, oh, men are bad this men are bad that or whatever but actually you know what men have to stick together in this sort of stuff like yeah it's okay it's okay to be masculine like you know it's okay to like be a man mm-hmm. um but like i think women have a lot of stresses and men have just as many stresses as well uh-huh. um but we just shut up about it and get on with it um <laughs> no 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 like it's just it's, it's in our nature you know it like, is what not, it is yeah yeah not of course. Being, uh like mask or i don't know uh misogynist i don't know whether you call it like, i'm not being horrible it's just not no, in our nature truth, yeah. Like, yeah. science dictates that man statistics yeah. dictate that um yeah. you know like we're not like we're problem solvers and i think i think that's sometimes difficult for women like they want to just tell you their problem and we want to solve it but they don't want you to solve it. they just want to tell you but yeah. i don't want to hear it because i want to solve it <laughs> um <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> a lot of people do think you need to be in the gym for hours and hours and hours. And 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 yeah, maybe if you want to be a superstar powerlifter, a crossfit, a, a triathlete, or or you know, whatever. But actually, if you just want to be general fitness and do your steps, try and get in three to four workouts a week, you know, it could even be short as 20 minutes. I did a 20-minute workout the other day, I still got loads of volume in. Like uh, you know but actually I think it's designed around your lifestyle but I think for me and I guess my clients is actually trying to tell them that actually it doesn't matter if you miss a workout just do it the next day or do a 20 minute one in the evening when you can like or just do the start of the workout like yeah. some of my powerless I said I don't care if you don't do the accessories I'm like just do the main bit yeah. like if you don't have time just do the main bit because that's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck is that yeah. first 20 minutes the rest of it's just like show and tell mm. But, mm. like with like guys uh, just you know if you were into bodybuilding then yeah like do your bro splits and all that sort of jazz but if you just general pop and want to look good three times a week full body splits and a bit of cardio or like walking you'll be fine yeah yeah um, absolutely absolutely it's become it's just become very overwhelming over too much information people get really lost in it don't they oh mate there's so much information out there yeah. but that's why that's why i believe people need coaches to 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 guide them and yeah. show them not to like so I'm pretty open. Like I'm uh, like, I wouldn't ever like sell any of these dodgy products or pyramid schemes or anything like that. So, but I know there's like coaches out there that force their clients into this or force their clients into that. I'm pretty much like, if my client comes to me, like I want to try fast and I'm like, Oh sweet. Yeah. Try it. See how you get on. Like, let me know like feedback or whatever. Yeah, or yeah. like, you know, if they come up with some product, I'm like, well, you've brought it now. So just try it. Let me know how you get on. It probably won't work, but you know, yeah. we can always feed back to each other um but i know there's coaches out there that are like no you must be paleo or you must be vegan or you must be this like i'm just like just do what works for you because at the <laughs> end of the day like don't go vegan or don't go paleo or don't go keto because you think it's going to get you shredded because you're only going to stick to it for a couple of weeks exactly like, do what works for you and what you enjoy um, nice. yeah i can't be too rigid about that no i totally agree with you on that I pretty much come from the same standpoint um good stuff man so where can people find you aaron how can we get uh, just at Aaron Hopkins PT? You can find me on there. Got my little picture of my hot pants. I just put that back up. Instagram banned me the other day. So, oh, like, really? Why for the picture? No, nah, no, nah, they banned me because I unfollowed too many people. I think someone told me it's like you can only unfollow like 100 people. And oh, I was just, wow. I, was, I was driving, and I just unfollowed. I was like, I don't even know half these people. I don't remember following these people. And then like, I just kept on going. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, Oh, you, this is against community guidelines. Oh, so I haven't been able to post for like two weeks. Oh, no way. But yeah, I don't know. I, do you know what? I don't even think I even followed them. That's the thing. You're like, I don't remember following these people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Over they the years, it's random, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And they ban me for that. But yeah, I think it's like 99 you can unfollow and then. All oh, right. 
all right i wasn't even aware i'll make sure i don't do that then well they think you're a robot which is really weird because they banned me for that before because i do have an app that tells me all this stuff right and i, was like, I won't do it on the app i'll do it on facebook i'll do it on instagram <laughs> they still ban me <laughs> it's still caught yeah yeah man. oh man it's been it's been a pleasure Aaron, man i really appreciate your time man Cheers, bro. Yeah. i'll give you a call back and i will I'll chat to you as well no for sure man for is sure it, is this going to uh, be is this like a podcast is it a private podcast uh, well, for now, it's uh, no. It will be it will be going up on my uh, YouTube channel that I've started, oh, and okay. then I just take out segments um, and then just upload them online and stuff as well. Oh yeah, sick man! Yeah, if you could send me the um, send me the video, just going to take some captures and voices and that. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll send you the file anyway. My email. Yes, I just share it around and that. You, you're yeah, on yeah. Instagram, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm on there. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah. I follow you. Maybe I've followed you. Yeah, <laughs> probably have followed me. <laughs> Have a look back, mate. <laughs> I promise no, I never no, report. I never, I never reported. Yeah, it wasn't me, man. Don't have to worry. Nah. <laughs> I mean, I've always been, in, I've always been with you on Facebook, but yeah, I was like, yeah. I, I, to be honest, like Instagram is just like, um, you know, just Jesus, business, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really do too much on there. Yeah, but, yeah, I understand. I understand. But yeah, I'll get that over to you, man, and uh, hopefully I'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Yeah, sick man. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, and I hope man. I didn't offend anyone. I hope I did offend someone because then you might listen. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Even you know what I'm gonna say. I've learned so much from yourself already, and it's good to. That's why I'm doing it because it's good to just keep in contact with other people in different industries, experts, and and yeah, I, I'm learning all the time, man. So, like I said, I appreciate your time, man. Yeah, man, definitely, definitely. It's well, it's well worth doing, bro. Good stuff, man. Take care, yeah. Nice, man. Cheers, bro. See you, hey, man. Take care. Bye, bye.